Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Welcome everyone. I am so delighted you're here tonight. And tonight I am here with my dear friend, Rachel Hauk. We served on the board for ACFW together for years. We were roommates at every kind of winter board meeting. And so Linda and Stacy, it's so fun to have you join us. But Rachel, I thought you could take a minute and introduce yourself to everyone because they may not be familiar with your wonderful contemporary romance and split time romance and all your royal romance. So you just write everything. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Kara. And we are good friends, longtime friends. So it's always fun to do these things with a friend. And hi, everybody who's coming in. I can't see you because I don't have Kara's <laughs> Facebook page up, but I should. Like, I'm, the older I get, the less techie I want to be. I just want to say it that way. I'm not, I can be techie. I just don't want to be. Um, well, and they keep changing it. Every time you think you know what exactly you've got it dialed in, then they go and I know. change it. They, I, yes, preach, sister, preach. So, um, <laughs> and we were also joking, you guys, about how um, Sarah, Kara was saying she was doing these things. And I said, so I'm so glad you're doing them. This is something I've wanted to do. I just haven't gotten around to it. And she was saying, well, I think most people will know you. And I said, you know, it always surprises me. I'll go by another author's page. My name is mentioned, or maybe they've posted something for me. And, and the people go, oh, I don't know her. I haven't read her. And I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course, exactly. people haven't heard of me, obviously. Yeah. So uh, hi, everybody. Well, like the wedding dress is your New York Times bestseller, right? And it's right. your USA Today bestseller. And yeah, that one made the rounds. Uh, but hi, everybody. I'm Rachel Houck, and I am a New York Times bestselling author. Yay. I've been published for, I've been full-time for 16 years, almost 17, and I've been published as long. And I write split time. I started out writing chiclet, and I moved to romance, and then I discovered split time, which is that dual timeline story that's becoming very popular right now. The Wedding Dress was the first one of those. And I learned that from the author, Susan Meisner, who you guys all probably know or love. And if you don't, you need to go check her out. And then I did a Royal Wedding series and we have this, we have the new covers. Yeah. Kara's yeah. holding up the second in the series. I'm holding up the first in the series. This is Once Upon a Prince with the two covers. I adore these. These yes, are my and, favorite. They are my absolute go back to over and over and over again. Oh, that's sweet. And this one was made into the Hallmark movie. And um, then I went back to Split Time, wrote The Wedding Chapel and The Wedding Shop. And then I did kind of a multicast with the Fifth Avenue Story Society. Yeah. So. And, now, and, then, and I love how you incorporated some of the characters from this into lo to Love a Prince. Yeah, so then there's a character in there um, called Prince Gus, Augustus, and he gets left at the altar. And I just thought, yeah. oh my gosh. And so the, cor the Coral was the character in the story who was dealing with the aftermath of all of this. She's the one who left him at the altar. And so I thought, oh, poor Gus needs a story. And so I just decided to do a little indie publishing, have some fun with it. And so To Love a Prince is already out and To Save a King is next. And I'm working on that. I can't wait. As we speak. Yeah. <laughs> like I cannot while wait. we're talking. One of the things I love about your Royal series in particular, and I grabbed this one in part, okay, the dresses are to die for. And the same on the To Save a Prince, I, that blue dress. I'm like, that yeah, must to love a prince, a yeah. Ton. Yeah. It must weigh a ton. I remember I watching 
when Cinderella, you know, the live action Cinderella came out, and I don't remember who played Cinderella, but you know, the blue dress, and they said it was literally oh. like 20 pounds. It she's was. Got to waltz in a dress like that. And I'm like, it's gorgeous. But man, that's a workout. That is a workout. That's, um, I know her name, Lily James. She played on yeah. Downton Abbey. She was Rose on Downton Abbey. That dress is to die for. And I feel like every time I write a royal romance, I'm trying to capture that moment. Now, I captured that moment. I tried before in the Royal Wedding series before that movie came out, but that movie kind of embodied like, yes, I'm always trying for that Royal ball scene. Like what are some things in a Royal romance that you just have to have, you know, obviously you have to have the Royal, obviously you have to have some sort of ball or dance or something where it's very romantic. And then I always include, as you know, Sarah, Kara, a, a supernatural element. And yes. so um, I always have, because I always think if, if we could see God breaking in right now into our world, what would it look like? And so I try to embody that somehow in the story as kind of a, a something to ignite our spiritual imagination. And I love that. That's, I think that's one of the things I love the most about the royal books that you write. So for those of you who are watching, be sure and drop a comment if you've read a Rachel Houck book because they are fantastic and let people know which one you recommend. But if you haven't, hopefully as we wrap up, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I've got to run over to Amazon right now and buy one. But what I love, like this is Regina's story, right? right? Yep, Regina. Um, it's funny because I was just, I love the cover, but I love her story because she's a car restorer. I remember brainstorming parts of the journey at ACFW. We're all camped out in Colleen Coble's room and we're That's taking right. turns brainstorming different books. Yeah. And you would talk about how you wanted heaven to invade earth and you wanted to grab that kind of spiritual moment. And you do that so beautifully in the Royal series. And I wonder if it's because really what you're doing is you're retelling part of the fairy tale of how Jesus loves us and how, you know, we're the chosen bride and kind of recapturing that. And every girl, I think that's why we love the idea of fairy tales and wanting to be the princess because it's really embedded into the DNA of our spirits. So is that something that you're striving for or is that something that just had kind of has grown organically? Yeah, initially that's was exactly what I was thinking. Now, initially with the first, why I started the idea anyway, is I got up and I watched William Mary Kate and I said, uh-oh, the royals are back. Ever since when Diana died, then kind of everybody left the princes alone and we didn't have a lot of information about them. But when I saw Kate get out of that car and walk into Westminster Abbey, I'm like, oh, she's beautiful, she's confident. And, and yeah, we're back, we're back, I gotta jump on this. And so I didn't originally have a supernatural character um, in that book, but I was looking for it. So when I start out, I don't actually have something in mind. Um, I try to let it come to me organically or through prayer. And then I created the character Aurora, which kind of became a, um, a Cinderella yes. fairy godmother character. And then- Although Aurora uh, is from Sleeping Beauty. Yes, she was a character in Sleeping Beauty. She was. But actually, yeah. for me, she was the name of a street I was driving under when I got the idea. <laughs> oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> because, I mean, she was the princess in Sleeping Beauty. Yes, she was. And so, yes, and so when she was. I read it, I immediately thought of that. And like the, one of those fairy godmothers that was flitting around and changing the dress from pink to blue to pink to blue. And yeah, and I do so feel like fun. she was a little bit, they were a little bit odd. And so Aurora is definitely odd and once upon a prince. Yeah. And um, for those of you who've seen 
the movie aurora is not in the movie as you well know um but yeah i think when i got to regina the thing she really had that kind of angle of once we find out who we are in god in yeah. christ why do we want to go back to who we were and that was that was her whole journey that was my plumb line for her journey once she finds out she's this long lost princess and they need her to restore the country to its sovereign standing why would you want to go back and restore cars i mean that's a great job if that's what yeah. you're called to do but she wasn't she was called to to step into her heritage her inheritance as this princess and this grand duchess and so i feel like even for all of us no matter what our career is or our social status or our financial status we are members of the body of christ we are daughters of a king we're actually betrothed to a king so yeah princess in waiting yeah. right here <laughs> i love that and i think you're there's something that it actually carries through a lot of your books is that stepping into identity yeah and it does. That stepping into the fullness of who we're created and called to be and i think that resonates again because it's that deep hunger that all of us carry inside and we can't always articulate it really well but i think it just when we see it in a character we just go yes that's that's what I want. And then it's always so well defined for each of your characters. You know, the hero has how he has to step into his journey, and then the heroine has to step into hers. And even with the novella where you had the royal wedding, you know, it was still she had to step out of her identity as a US citizen to be able to step into her full identity yeah. of what she was being called into. And I was I remember just sitting and thinking about that and going, there is a real richness to that. It's a real parable where there's life and truth that we can all marinate in. After. So it's much more than just, oh, it's a fluffy, pretty dress. There's yeah. real heart to it. I always strive for that. Thank you, Kara. That really blesses me. Um, that was Susanna, who was in Once Upon a Prince. That was her journey. Like she had to totally deny her citizenship in America to go be this um, future queen and this princess Mary, this king. And, you know, we, I think we're all kind of like, oh, forget about it, sister, go for it. But you're giving up everything, your home, your family, you're going to go live 4,000 miles away. Now you have to give up your citizenship and take on a citizenship that you're not familiar with, that you don't yeah. understand all the rights to. And in a way, isn't that what happens to us when we actually come to Christ? And he's saying, give up that citizenship, your human nature, give up the citizenship of the earth and come and live in my kingdom and, and partake of the things that are in my kingdom. And we're like, but this is so familiar. Even if it's crappy, we still, there's something or even hard, you know, not maybe crappy, but hard, or we stumble in our weaknesses and God saying, Hey, I got something better over here. I love that invitation to John in revelation four, he says, come up here. Like, what are you doing down there, John? Come up here. And then John accepts the invitation and he sees the four and 20 elders. He sees the, the, um, the living creatures crying out, holy, holy, holy night and day. They don't shut up. And so I feel like um, that's was one of the things for her Regina story that really impacted me was what kingdom am I really living in? Yeah. And I have an invitation to live in a grander kingdom, even though I'm, as Paul says, stuck on earth. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I mean, that's the power of story. You know? Yes. We can yes. read, we can read revelations. We can read, you know, the different books of the Bible and 
see that there's meat there and be like, oh, okay, but how does that apply today? How does that apply to my life and my situation? And so when you've got the powerful characters combined with the powerful truth, that's when I think those light bulbs start happening and we start going, okay. And I think that's why I keep, and this is the only one I'd grab from the series, but we keep coming back to them. And literally I have the audiobooks of these and I have the, the print copies and I've got the eBooks because I want them available in any format because I just know <laughs> when I read them, I'm going to come back to truth. And it's no matter how long we've known Christ, no matter how long we've walked with him, there are those moments and those events that shake us again. And it's like, okay, I just need to be reminded that I need to step into my identity. I need to be reminded I am a princess and I'm not that's right. the chambermaid. And so that's so having, right. And, and yet that's all that the world is about is bringing us down. And so having those stories that help raise our vision and go, oh, okay. And even though I know what's going to happen, even though I've read them, there's still that tingly feeling I get when that heaven invades earth happens. And I'm like, that's what God wants to do all the time. It's not supposed to be a fairy tale. It's supposed to be real life today, every moment. Yeah. And I think we look for them, you know, Kara's so right about story and story is a way to paint a picture. And I once had a class on, you know, how to show Jesus in fiction without ever actually maybe you know, character doesn't say a prayer. And some books, like I'm working on a book right now and I'm just putting it out there. It's a lot more bold and here's what you need to do than I've done in a long while. And because I feel like it's just the genesis of the story, it works. Yeah. So, so always when you do, for me anyway, doing supernatural helps me to show who he might be. But, you know, supernatural things are you know, you woke up today and you had a good day or, or that yeah. you, you weren't having a good day and you go in the bathroom and you're like, okay, Lord, I need to have a good day, you know, or you, yeah. you go in the bathroom, you pray over a coworker situation, or you pray over something with your, your spouse or your children. That's inviting the supernatural to invade. We may not actually ever see yeah. it. Um, like to, I, every once in a while, and though in worship, I will say this, I've had moments um, where I have felt angelic presence. I didn't see them, but I felt them. And I've actually had moments where I felt members of heaven came and joined me in my little Florida room at my piano and joined me in worshiping the Lord. Like, wait, you're in his presence, but we came down to worship with you. Every time that happens, I'm just undone. And it makes me, it does expand my understanding of they're so much beyond the veil. Live yeah. like they live like you know it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that that's something that the people who are watching, and there's been several comments about, wow, I like the way you think. Have you written other types of Bible studies? You know, or loving this, amen. And what you don't know, those of you who are watching, is that Rachel is also the worship leader for the American Christian Fiction Writers Conference. And I'll never forget walking into my first one in 2005. I've been writing for three months, four months. I, I met Colleen in April and I was at ACFW in September. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. This is going to be some stodgy old conference and I'm not going to fit in. Cause I was like 31 or something at the time. I'm like, all us old folk were going to be there. <laughs> yeah, I just, I didn't know. I mean, my first right. conference was ACFW. And then the very first day, the very first thing is worship. And I just remember going, I do belong here because I, mm -hmm. this yeah. is what my heart is. And 
and there's something that even God's been reminding me because COVID has been very stressful teaching at a, yeah. a you know, world-class university and having to constantly be flexible and trying to, I don't do chaos well. And this last year has been chaos. And there was a day like three weeks ago where I'm in my office at Purdue and I was like, I can't handle this. I can't do this. And God was like, why aren't you listening to worship? And I just turned on Spotify and it's like the atmosphere immediately changed. And I'm like, so true. I know that. I know that. And yet I, I know we all walk, forget. Walk, walk away from it. And so I'm finding that the worship is back on in my office a lot. And it's changed kind of that feeling because it does change the atmosphere because it is a way that we encounter God and we forget that. So, um, Oh, okay. Christina is saying that she really enjoys the discussion questions in your book because they help kind oh, of dig you. out the process. I don't know about you. Writing discussion questions is my least favorite part of writing a book. Bingo. Here's why sometimes, uh, yes, it's hard because you're, you don't know exactly always what to ask, but yeah, <laughs> this is what kills me is I will go to a book club and I love all y'all out there. I'm not, this is no judgment. But I'll go to a book club or I'll, someone will ask me, I'll do one online and they'll say, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I'm like, well, there's discussion questions <laughs> that I've already written if you would like to um, engage those. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for that. Cause I think sometimes people don't even bother with the discussion questions yeah. because, and I don't mind that because the discussion questions to me are kind of boxy. That's me presenting my thoughts to you. Yeah. But if you guys go, well, I want to discuss this particular character or this particular journey, that's fantastic. Or a lot of times what you get asked is, why, what was your inspiration? Why did you write it that way? How long did it take you? What's it, you know, those kinds of questions, which I, I know you enjoy and I enjoy too, yeah. talking about the process. I love to go on and on about the process. That book was so hard to write. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually get to the point where when the book comes out, like lethal intent, I mean, I was editing this during COVID when I was making the transition to online teaching on a, you know, the flip of a dime. Right. Like, I'm done. You know, I'm like, I don't want to go back and relive that process because it was hard or you yeah. know, delayed justice was walking through so much grief from a situation we were going through, you know, relationally, my husband and I, and it was all fine, but it was hard. And it was, I don't know about you, but it's like God uses the book I'm writing to really force me to walk through a spiritual issue that I would love to run the other direction from. And it's, <laughs> crazy how many times he's like yeah no you know that thing that you really are trying to push away and ignore that's exactly the thing your character's dealing with and I'm like don't <laughs> you know? Don't. I know I'll tell you what I feel I feel like for me from the first book to this one though yeah. what I'm writing now whether it's always I it has been I think one long journey in circumcising my heart absolutely yeah. one long journey of being like all of your significance is in me it's not in yeah. I, being an author it's not in you know I didn't win any awards for like years and I finally won in 2009 my first book was published in 2004 not that I entered a lot of contests but you know everything I put my books up for nothing you know, or I didn't even get selected for a book club, ACFW book club, when we had that online back in the day, just like I, it was 2009. And then I didn't, when it, I didn't, you know, get any of the big ones. And then, then um, I, that year I was nominated for a Rita, which totally surprised me. Um, 
so there was a couple of little things that happened and then boom I mean, seriously, I'm a mid-list Christian author and the wedding dress hits the New York Times and we stays there for nine weeks. And it was it, crazy and so cool. It was that. crazy. It was one of those lightning strikes kind of moments. It and was. what makes those cool is there was nothing you did. It was all God because there's 100%. It's a four-year-old book. In the room are like, my lightning moment, Lord, but it, that's what makes it lightning. You know, it just, yep. for whatever reason, and I think it's because of the story behind this book. Yeah, I, maybe, I, 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 aha. You know, that's what I'm like, blah, 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 blah. It was four years old. Um, it had been on sale in December of 15 and it had done really well. And like a hundred books were on sale and it outsold all of them. I mean, we're talking Colleen Coble, Terry Blackstock. I mean, what? And But every time that book went on sale, it did well. It did, it was Amazon we had, I was going through old Gmails and I was cleaning them out and I found uh, Colleen and I were like a daily deal when Amazon had a daily deal on Christmas day and New Year's Eve, which are the two biggest days of the year. So the two Christian authors had two, the two biggest days of the year for yeah. the daily deal. And so we both did well. So when it came around, like they said, we're putting it on sale um, for the, th for the Valentine season in 2016, I was like, I literally rolled my eyes. Okay. Do you know, I have other books <laughs> like yeah. the wedding chapel had just come out in November, like, uh, okay. And then all of a sudden it just, Amazon put it on the front page. Yeah. That was a second book in people saw it and they started downloading it like crazy. And you guys know I had written on a, but on a impossible list that I wanted to hit the New York times. And I have four things. I have two of the four I'm waiting on the other two impossibles. And I'm seriously, I'm a midless Christian author. I don't have any big awards at this point. Uh, oh, I think I finally won a Christie. I mean, really, I'm just mid list. I'm selling okay, but not great. And um, that book just exploded. I mean, it would be impossible other than God to have hit the New York Times. It hit the USA Today. It hit the USA Today the summer before, and it hit the Wall Street Journal. Um, so, and you know, but here's me, I'm the pragmatist. The whole time I'm thinking, okay, next year's not going to look like this year. <laughs> so God prepare <laughs> yeah. my heart, which that's the journey yeah. that I've been on. God going, are you going to look to me and depend on me? Or are you going to get all of your identity wrapped up in your ups and downs in this crazy publishing business? And I'm like, I can't survive if I do that. So I have to get my identity in you. I have to be, hey, and, and I said, whoever you're blessing that next year. Let me get in on their team. And of course it was Lisa Wingate with yeah. where we were yours. So, I mean, yeah. she blew another me lightning everybody strikes else out of the water. Here. Yeah. She like five lightning strikes, maybe 10. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that book still might be on the New York times list. I know. It's, yeah. It's okay. fabulous. It still so well, but so in, well. Yeah. In the book of lost friends or Yes. There's two books that came out with basically the same title, but that one was amazing. Amazing. I haven't haven't read it yet. I need to read it. The audiobook was fantastic. They had fantastic narrators for the different characters. And oh, so nice. if you like audiobooks, that one is a fabulous one to listen to because they just I would love that. Job with the characters. Speaking yeah. of audiobooks, the audiobook for this is really good too, by the way. Oh, cool. <laughs> I have um, not listened to that one yet. The narrator's Louise Lee. She's out of Liverpool and she does the best oh. accent. Of course, it, it's a British-like character. Now, the, my next book, I have half American and half 
well, Southern American and half my new kingdom locked in land. So we'll see how she does. I told her she could have more time. She didn't have to get, she turned this around for me so fast. My head was, my own head was spinning. And but <laughs> she has the best, she did the, she's been to me, one of my best readers. I really liked her a lot. So. That's awesome. I'll have to go look for it now because. Yeah, I got, I everybody listen for a sample of her. Huh? I'm sorry. I, I love really well done audiobooks. I've just, there's something about them that five years ago, I would have been like, oh no, audiobooks, whatever. And now I'm like, okay, what do I listen to next? You know, it's like, just because. Well, I almost quit on, ama on Amazing Story because the audio reader, I couldn't, the audio reader yeah. for me was horrible. Um, but I stayed with the book. I mean, if I told you guys, you'd all know it. It's a very famous general market book, but I was like, but I'm kind of curious to see what happens, but her, how she voiced the heroine, um, who spanned time was just not palatable to me, but I really loved the book. So I, I agree. I, you know, my problem is I put on an audio book and I'm asleep two seconds later. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I, I do it in the car or when I'm on the treadmill or walking the dog or something yeah. like that. And Karen asked, what was the name of the book? I was talking about um, Lisa Wingate's The Book of Lost Friends. Yes. So it's an incredible, the split time, the historical piece is just phenomenal. So um you know, and Denise, for me, getting into audiobooks really was a, how do I redeem all the time I'm spending in the car? How do I get some value out of it? And so my husband listened to, listens to podcasts all the time, and I don't like podcasts. I like the story. Um, and for me, I don't know how you are, Rachel, but I read so fast that audiobooks actually help me slow down and hear the craft, what's working, what's not, word choice. That's good all of that kind of stuff, which when I'm reading, I can read a book like this in two days. And so I might miss some of those subtle layers that when I then listen to it in an audiobook, I'll be like, oh, I see. Uh, oh, I, I see. read very slowly. Yeah. Mostly because if I spend all day with my own writing, I like want to watch a game show. I'm really into the game show America <laughs> says right now. It's kind of like a family feud, but it's a fill in the blank kind of thing. I'm yelling at the TV, <laughs> you know, popcorn popcorn you know so it's like they ask a question and they give you seven answers with only the first letter and they work in teams like family feud anyway so i'm oh. yelling at the tv about that but I, I read very slow last year i had 23 endorsement requests 23 that's oh. two a month you guys and so i spent so after a while you get kind of i want to support all these authors but after a while it gets frustrating because you're like i don't have any time to read my own read books i want to read um, yeah. So audio, and then I don't drive anywhere. And so I do enjoy podcasts. Um, so, but you know what, my podcasts aren't working at my gym right now. So I probably should do an audio book. Yeah. Um, and then when I run, I listen to music. So um, yeah, running requires music. It, the written word just doesn't work as well. Yeah. Uh, and Denise and Stacy agree with you that America says, which I've never heard of is a great show. So. Isn't it fun? You guys, we're all screaming at the TV. Yeah, <laughs> that's my little pony. <laughs> uh, and Joy's only ever listened to my books. Well, thanks. You really should try thanks. Rachel's. That's Her good. Book, especially, I especially this TV. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the royal ones are fantastic, and I'm gonna have to listen to Love of Prince. Um, okay, so we've talked books. Now we've got like four minutes. Well, we're actually almost at time, but who cares? We're going to go. A couple who cares? Minutes we're going to go. We have to talk. 
college football. <laughs> Drum roll. I am wearing this on purpose. Because wait, wait, I don't, oh, okay. Do you have like pom-poms? Oh, there you go. You've got your little Buckeye guy. My little so, Buckeye guy. And I have pom-poms back here somewhere. <laughs> I see oh yeah, there they That's are. Right in there. I always have to tell my students at Purdue that if they see me in red, it is Nebraska red, it is not Ohio, and it is not Indiana red. It is Nebraska red. There you go. Red. It's Nebraska red, right? That's still the Big Ten. I mean, they can still shoot paper wads at you through the straw if they want yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Denise is like, go Gators. I, I'll try and like you. Oh, Florida. goodness. We lost too many orange bowls to those. Florida. I uh, actually live three hours from Gainesville. I was Florida bound. Florida State bound because I lived in Tallahassee and I got into both but I couldn't get into I I didn't get into the journalism school at Florida so I was gonna have to go down and just you know take classes until I could get in and then I was went up to Ohio State and I'm like well I want to go here and my my father went there and my uncles so okay and and it was you know Columbus in the summer I mean it's to die for you did not talk to me in the winter yeah I the snowstorm we've got like 10 inches of snow that fell yesterday and Ohio was getting the same thing. So this little Florida girl was not prepared. Were you, were you one walking around in flip-flops in the snow? Um, no, cause I was, um, I had grown up with snow. We didn't move to Florida till I was almost 14. So oh. I did, I was familiar with it, but I did not, when I moved up there, literally you guys, I did not own a pair of socks and I Tallahassee gets cold, but I maybe owned one pair and I would wear them. I'm embarrassed to say, with my sandals. We didn't wear a lot of flip-flops then in the 80s, 70s. So I would, I had like a pair of bass or Anya sandals with no toe thing was open, you know? Yeah. 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 It. And so I, that's what I, I swear I would wear that to school with, when it was cold. <laughs> I did not own socks. I didn't own a coat. I didn't have a coat to speak yeah. of. It was funny. Well, you don't need I mean, you, your idea of a coat in Florida is like a jacket. A jacket. Yeah. You know? I owned some sort of ratty jacket it's I don't know outside right now which is why I have the turtleneck and the puffer vest and you know I'm inside and I've got all these layers I just and then want I to tell the kids from the south because they're like coats what are those what I'm are like, those have- I do want to say I'm a little bit resentful that you guys have all this nice winter weather and we we're 82 yesterday and 73 today like hey yeah. give us a couple yeah. of something down here <laughs> although I've been seeing photos from like Robin Miller and all the snow they've gotten down in Louisiana, you're just too far south. That's all there is yeah. to it. We, yeah, oh, we are. No, she lives in Florida. Yeah, I, I will tell you, though, we lived in Miami in the mid-70s, and it snowed in Miami. And by that, I mean there were- Miami, Chris- Florida or Miami? Yes, Ohio? Miami, Florida. Got snow? Yes. And by that, I mean there were crystals in the air. It was, oh. it was, <laughs> it was frozen rain. It did land on the ground. But when we, school was um, open air. So there was no, yeah. no heat and there were no hallways. It was just a, like a patio cover. Yeah. So it was cold. I think they canceled school because it was cold. Yeah, Florida International University. I, I led a weekend conference there. And I remember what, getting there and going, this is not a, a college. Cause it was all that. It was the, you know, the yeah. one story flat open you know you go basically from classroom outside to the next classroom yep. I was like this is the weirdest thing that- I know I remember I had to learn yeah. when I went to Ohio State oh several people are chiming in about Florida and be careful what you wish for because the way this year is going I kept telling my students in the fall 
like we hit, you know, November and I'm like, just wait. The only thing we did not get in 2020 was a snowpocalypse. I'm like, that'll come in 2021. Just watch. And then this week happened. And everyone's like, we blame All you. All right. Don't leave any pr- um, predictions to Kara. <laughs> so <laughs> I, what I are we? Pathetic on that. <laughs> Do we have any uh, football predictions before we have to sign off? Any football got, predictions out there, you guys? Come on. Lots of college football. We got go Gators, roll tide, go Tigers, SEC, LSU and MSU, Mississippi State split. And my house is split Nebraska, Purdue. And now we both work at Purdue, but I'm still a Nebraska girl first and Florida FSU. So yeah, there's a lot of football fans. Oh, okay. Let's talk basketball. Big 10 is rocking it. I think we've got four, three teams in the top five. Yeah. And my son was telling us yesterday that like the top nine hardest schedules, like are the top 10, eight of them are in the big 10 because yeah. all that strength of schedule stuff. So. All that strength of schedule stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I don't even think, and you guys out there who are football fans, the strength of schedule is a rolling definition. We never really know what it is. Well, because and, was in the top 25 and then they fell out and then they'll be, you know, so it's, it just fluctuates, but yeah. And I will say to the person who said roll tide, while I wanted Ohio State to win the natty, I will say Alabama looked fantastic. And for us, I think all of our energy went into beating Clemson. So, which was to us the same as victory. So that was a natty (laughs) for us. But I mean, once Alabama got on the field, I'm like, oh, it's that guy, Mac Jones is good. So yeah, yeah. So congratulations. Great. Thanks everyone who joined us. If you haven't read any of Rachel Houck's amazing books, I cannot recommend them enough. And I'm glad you have those covers. To Love a Prince is our most recent one, um, but you can't go wrong with any of them. They are so, so good. And if you haven't read Lethal Intent yet, yes, do. Kara's books are all so good. You want to get into yeah, them. Very different though. We have very different styles. Although yesterday, Rachel and I were brainstorming a kind of legal quandary for her current book that she's working on. So I love how you always have all this fun stuff. It's not just fluffy romance. There's all the great well, spiritual. Yeah, we should say that about royals. Guys, I understand people go, oh, a royal romance. Um, I don't want to read about that. But it's really about a, a person being in a position that's inherited but how do you make it mean anything? How do you make it mean something? How do you do something with it? That's always kind of a challenge for me. I will admit sometimes writing them is boring. That's why I add all this kind of legal stuff. I change things up. The British Royal family that does things that they wouldn't do, I do so that I can one, give them something to do besides patron charities. But also it's really about exploring what do I do with this position that I've been born into? What a mantle to have to wear and without knowing the Lord too, I, it just seems daunting to me, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, like we were talking about earlier, there's so much spiritual depth in these books. And so thanks so much. Everyone's been commenting about how much they've enjoyed this conversation and. Thank you guys for coming. Have a great evening, everyone. And next week, uh, Sarah Sundin will be joining me to talk about her new book, When Twilight Breaks, which I just finished today. Super fantastic. And She's you'll awesome. enjoy that conversation. Yeah, I love, love, love her as well. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us.
live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you. So be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at caraputman.com. And you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 